Welcome back, everybody, to the Chick Foley Show. This is the heel husband, Seth Phelps, here. I got Chick Foley, a.k.a. Sheena, sitting to my left. How you doing, Sheena? Couldn't be better, man. And we got the MVP, Marco, up in Massachusetts. Marco, how's it going? Uh, living the life up here in New England. What are you guys, uh, what are you guys drinking on tonight? What do you got, Sheena? Um, I'm doing the same as I did last week. I've got my witch, my Back Bay Brewing Company, Witch of Pump. Pungo Pumpkin Ale, so it's a local Virginia uh, brew here, and it is, it's really freaking good. Okay, I'm not a big fan of pumpkin beers. Marco, save us. What are you drinking? Um, I am not drinking a pumpkin beer right now. I'm actually uh, drinking that uh, the local brewery that's right next to my house pretty much. It's uh, called Lord Hobo, and this beer is called the, it's, San, it's called Sante. It's a Belgian IPA. It's like a golden, it's almost like a golden IPA. It's really good. It's like a smooth Smooth, not as good as the Broken Skull, but um, I mean, is nothing pretty, is. It is pretty smooth, yeah. No, but my wife does. She hates IPAs, and she tried this, and she actually likes it. So that that goes a and long way. Did she like? Did she like the Broken Skull IPA? Uh, she hasn't tried it. She actually, she her beer of choice is called the. Uh, you you might know it's called the Michelob Ultra, which <laughs> I call we we call Chick Ultras around here. So oh um, my gosh, because. Because they're like, they're like it's get like her water. on that Miller Lite, dude. She's got to drink the official brew of the Chick Fil A show. She did. She she ran out of her uh, Chick Ultras and uh, she had to drink some uh, Miller Lite. So yeah, I've, I've never been a fan of Michelob Ultra. It's just too watered down. They got yeah. uh they got one that came out a couple years ago. I think it's called like Michelob Ultra Gold. It, it's all organic and it uses like a little bit of different grain. It's, it's okay. Fancy. It's got a it's got a little bit of flavor to it. But yeah, like you said, it's super fancy. It's like nine bucks for a six pack. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you'd have to drink about, you know, a case of those things to get a little bit of a buzz. Um, but, yeah, like you guys mentioned, Mil- you know, we're all drinking craft beer tonight, but Miller Lite is still the official beer of the Chick Foley show. If anybody from Miller Lite's listening, hit us up. You know, we're, uh, we won't charge you guys that much for sponsorship. We're trying to make this relationship official, though. Uh, what are you sipping on? I'm sipping on uh, the Amber Ale, uh, the False Cape Amber Ale from uh uh, Back Bay Brewing, the same same company Sheena's Pumpkin Ale nice. beer came from. So, but I do got a a bucket of Miller Lite sitting here in ice, so that's what I'm moving to um, <laughs> after this. Uh, so for social media, remember you guys can find Sheena at Chick Foley the original on Instagram, and then you can get Marco at Chick Foley Show on Twitter. We're always uh, posting the list and wrestling news. Um, we're digging up, uh, you know funny pictures from, from years gone by in the world of pro wrestling and just keeping you up on everything that's happening inside and out of the squared circle. Um, Sheena, you want to tell them about what we had uh, go live on Patreon this week? Yeah. So <laughs> I actually unboxed um, the NECA super shredder figure from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles two, And dude, it is unbelievable. So I, I give you all the up close and dirty details. Um, but yeah, if you are a turtle, a movie turtle buff uh you need to get your hands on that because it's it's mage yeah so it's patreon.com slash chick foley show you guys check it out uh starts as little as a dollar a month for a dollar a month or or 10 bucks for the year you're going to get access to our facebook group which is just a really awesome community of wrestling fans a whole lot of uh buy sell and trade of wrestling figures goes on on there and just a lot of really funny talk like i I think that's really uh you're gonna get your money's worth to stop that and then if you want to pay a little bit more to support the show you're gonna get access to some special edition pods a lot of unboxing videos and just some really cool content so check it out if you're interested and want to help support the chick foley show and become a uh, a card carrying member of the foley fam uh marco we got any update on the next batch of fig teas is that still uh in waiting or where are we at with that yeah, so before I before I jump into that, I'm going to say do not even think about signing up to the <laughs> Facebook group if you don't put condiments on your hot dog, all right? 
So that's it. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Don't even yeah. think about it. If just you don't eat if you don't eat sauces, this on. is kind of this, we'll get into this on in our quarantine and chill segment. But if you don't eat sauces and you don't have dips and you don't put condiments on your hot dog, we're gonna have to rethink the relationship here. You know. Uh, yeah. So to jump into the uh, fig teas thing, we I do have uh, some uh, teals left. Uh, all the black uh, t-shirts are gone. Um, I sent out a few this past week already to a few of our Patreon members. Um, I'm actually talking to fig teas now. Just just going back and forth about stuff. Um, trying to get him to uh, make some of those. He's trying out the Hurt business. He's actually trying that design now because I asked him about it. So he's actually making those tees. for. Uh, so if anyone's looking for the Hurt business uh, t-shirt for their figures, if they have all four members, um, he's actually working on that now. That's something he's testing out. So um, yeah, so I have some uh, tails left. And if anyone's interested, definitely definitely hit me up and uh, I'll send them out to you. Sweet, man. All right. And Shane, you want to tell us about what Extra Cooler's got going on right now? Yeah. So we talked about it last week, but I, I definitely want to give him another plug because it, his book officially launched this week. Our buddy Nick Camia uh, from Extra Cooler at Extra Cooler on Instagram. His book went live on all, all major book platforms. You can get it on Amazon. You can get it on Barnes & Noble. It is S is for Suplex. It's an alphabet book with you know all wrestling content you'll see some of your favorite like AEW superstars and indie superstars in there um he illustrated the book and it is just beautiful it looks amazing and it's just fun to read like i said if you've if you have kids and you do bedtime stories you know that they literally get hooked on one book and they want you to read it like night after night after night. Like right now, we're on Love Monster is a, is a book that we're reading. We just got we just got out of a um, happy Happy Easter Mouse or something <laughs> like that. And yeah, and so it was it was like every night. So if I can read my kids something that actually entertains me too, um, it, it's a win win. So definitely support our friend Nick. Um, it's a really cool accomplishment to get to illustrate your own your own book um, and get it out there into, into the world. So. You can find a couple. He has a couple left at um, extracoolerart.com. Um, he's throwing in some extra like stickers and stuff if you buy it directly from him. Or like I said, you can go to Amazon and search S's for Suplex or Barnes and Noble um, and search S's for Suplex. So definitely do that and give him a follow over at Extra Cooler. All right. And with that, we will move inside the squared circle. So this segment's brought to you by Pro Wrestling <coughs> Tees. I hit up Pro Wrestling Tees for Chick Foley Show. We have a lot of. Uh, really awesome designs on there. Um, some some that have been on there for a couple years and then some newer stuff. So check it out. Uh, feel free to support the show that way if you want some cool Chick Foley Show swag to rock. All right, so we're going to do this with, we debuted this last week. It's going to be Chick's Top Six where we take you inside, uh, you know, Sheena's curated list of the top six stories from the world of pro wrestling for the last week. So we'll start with number six. So this week we saw the debut of... Underground. We saw Braun Strowman, the monster amongst men, decide that he no longer needed to have ropes around his ring. He went back into you know Shane McMahon's fortress and he entered Raw Underground. Uh, Marco, what what did you think of Braun going in and and wrecking shop in, in the Underground this week? All right, I lo- I loved it. I love I I love Raw Underground still. It's it still gets me every time because like Raw can become like you know monotonous and you need to change the scenery. And that change of scenery is a ropeless ring where dudes just get the crap kicked out or females get the crap kicked out of them. Um, no, I loved it. I'm a, I, I mentioned this in our, our group chat earlier this week. I'm a huge, I, I was, I was a huge like John Claude Van Damme fan and pretty much like all his movies, he would like fight in a tournament and there'd always be this one big guy that would just destroy everyone. And he'd have to fight him last. Mm-hmm. That's who Braun Strowman reminded me of. There's just that guy yeah. that just <laughs> walked in and just like destroyed everyone. It had that like, 
it's kind of like campy, like the the raw underground, the way it looks and feels. I think yeah. that's why I love it the most. And just before like, he uh, before he shaved his head, he did look like the big guy from Bloodsport. I forget the dude's name, but John Claude Van Damme's buddy in Bloodsport. The yeah, big one. with the cross eye. Yeah, the guy with the, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah he, like no, he definitely does. But uh, that's maybe that's why I love this that segment even more because I was like, oh my god, it's like Bloodsport again. Um, but yeah, no, just him walking in like that was a surprise. Like I wasn't expecting him to walk up and and uh enter that room, and it it was. It was really good. I, I enjoyed it. I'm hoping to see more uh, more guys um, or females jump in that are from the uh, the main event, like some people from SmackDown or Raw or whoever. Just jump in and see what you're made of, definitely. Sheena, what'd you think of it? I thought it was good. I mean, I wasn't expecting it. Like, obviously, now we know. I mean, superstars from any brand can come to uh, Raw Underground because he's still on you know, SmackDown technically, but he, he came to raw underground. So I wasn't really expecting him to pop up, but yeah, he did come in and just like, you know, wreck shit. And, um, I kind of like it. I, you know, I was kind of just growing tired of Braun a little bit. Um, but I think this is a good, I think this is a good spot for him. Uh, so yeah, it definitely seemed like it was for the most part, uh, received pretty positively around the, the internet. Um, so Sheena, is there another main eventer that you'd like to see show up on raw underground? Um, well, it's not really a main eventer, but I wouldn't mind seeing like Matt Riddle, you know what I mean? Cause he's actually Ooh, like a shoot yeah. fighter, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. and I remember when raw under raw underground first debuted, he kind of came out cause I guess he had something similar that was called like blood sport or Matt Riddle's blood sport or something. It's Josh like that. Barnett's blood sport. Oh, he's, uh, yeah. yeah. That's another promotion. Yeah. So, um, he was, he was talking about that, but, um, you know, I, I think it would be really cool to see him down there because like we all know he's a shoot fighter and I know he could really put on a good performance in that kind of environment. Marco, yep. how about you? Uh, there's a couple. Definitely want to see, uh, obviously, Brock, if he, if he makes his uh, return, just have him be like the lord of the raw underground and just beat everyone that walks through that door. Um, the other person I, lo- I definitely want to see is Timothy Thatcher. I think he'd be awesome um, in, in raw underground. Just like he, That's his style of, of fighting and stuff like that, just like uh, Matt Riddle. Uh, yeah, definitely them too. Obviously, you definitely want to see Roman Reigns walk in, the big dog. Uh, take out some people, but that'll probably never happen. But never say never. Who knows? But uh, yeah, definitely uh, Timothy Thatcher would be my main pick for a Raw Underground. All right. With that, we will move on to story number five. All right. So this one caused a little bit of controversy this week. Um, so at the end of the, or you know, kind of in the middle of the Seth Rollins uh, Dominic Mysterio match, um, we saw you know Seth kind of put the bricks to to his disciple, Buddy Murphy. And then Rey Mysterio's daughter actually came to his aid, you know, showed a little bit of love. Um, they kind of teased it a little bit on on Raw. You know, it was it was a little bit subtle. But then we saw on WWE social net, uh, like social media and stuff, they were also uh, kind of leaning into it and making sure to point it out. So it appears that it's definitely going to be a part of the storyline going forward. Um one big issue on it, I guess Buddy Murphy is about 12 years older than Rey Mysterio's daughter. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, some people found that a little bit problematic. Um, Sheena, do you have a problem with the storyline? No, I mean, I don't think, I mean, as long as she's of age, you know, I, she looks really young, first of all. So I don't know, I don't know how old she is. Um, but yeah, I mean, 12 year age gap is is kind of big, but I mean, I don't have a problem with it. It's I don't think it's like anything like scandalous or sketchy or anything like that. Um but I, I I do think they're definitely trying to make something out of it because like Seth walked away and he told um, Ray's wife and, and Aaliyah, like, I hope she's better than Dominic. Right. So he definitely wouldn't have said that if they weren't trying to, like, bring some sort of like 
continuity to the storyline. And they've had Ray's family back there every week. And they wouldn't be showing Ray's family back there every week unless they were some sort of big storyline they were planning with these with these people. But I could see it going both ways. I could see um, if, Mysteri- if uh, Murphy wants to join the Mysterios because maybe like Aaliyah showed him some compassion, you know, Seth Rollins right now is just on a tirade, Mm -hmm. like beating him up and like breaking him down. And so maybe like that little like show of compassion and empathy will like make him turn on Seth Rollins and join the Mysterios. But I could totally see it going the other way around and it it being Aaliyah um, joining the dark side with the Monday night Messiah. What did, uh, what'd you think about it, Marco? Um, yeah, I didn't notice it till after, until the picture started popping up everywhere of her, uh, just like, it was like a split second. It wasn't like she sat there and like, you know, coddled him, stuff like that. She just like, as, they, as she was walking up the stairs, she like, kind of like, you know, nailed down and like, kind of like showed him some compassion and stuff like that. So yeah, I don't have a, I don't have a huge issue with it. Um, then she's like 19. She's gonna be 20 this year, I believe. Um, so I mean, it's, it's, it is what it is. It's WWE. They you know, that's yeah, there's definitely been more do. scandalous things in, yeah. in WWE than than that, you know. So. All right. So yeah, it sounds definitely. like both of you guys are in the uh, age ain't nothing but a number camp. So. <laughs> no, no, I don't. I don't no, listen. <laughs> that is not what I'm saying at all. I definitely think there needs to be definitely okay. consent you guys said it, and age it. appropriation and all of the things. But all, I, I don't I, I didn't find anything that happened on the show to be offensive or anything that I would like be like, no, my God. You let know. let the record show that Sheena and Marco were both pro, you know, 10 plus years apart on these two people dating. Pro love, um, right? I, I'm a little bit against it. I, I think Ray Mysterio's daughter needs to, uh, you know, mature a little bit before she uh, gets with a guy like Buddy Murphy. Wow. All right. Um, so Seth has, you know, he's been teasing it for a few weeks, but it looks like he's finally kind of just through with Murphy. Um, it's still unclear, you know, what Murphy's going to do, how loyal he's going to be to Seth. But if Murphy does bail, who should Seth's next disciple be? Marco, you go first. Huh. This is, this is a tough one. I didn't even think of, think of that. Maybe uh, this is like kind of like a far stretch. But since uh, Cedric is going with the uh, the Hurt business, maybe maybe Ricochet should think of uh, becoming a disciple of, uh, of Seth Rollins. That'd be pretty interesting there. Just take, take Rico- Ricochet's not doing anything right now. He's kind of like... Phone along or take uh, actually both both. Uh, Marco, your audio your audio is breaking up just a little bit. Is it? All right, hey guys, we're back. I had a little bit of technical difficulties that we had to scrub real quick, so we will move right along with the number four story of the week: Retribution versus the Hurt Business. So, uh, Retribution they've kind of had a few more um, kind of character developments over the past couple weeks. They came out this week on Raw. Um, the Hurt Business had already told uh, Adam Pierce that they were going to be the new security. And they really looked like badasses. They all came out looking tough as hell and went and faced down Retribution at ringside and, and had a pretty good brawl with them. Um, Marco, what's your thoughts on how the Retribution storyline is progressing now that we've learned a little bit more about them in the past few weeks? Um, it hasn't changed my mind on it. I'm still waiting for the uh, the unmasking of all of them. Um, it, I do like the fact that they're actually like cutting promos and they're telling the story and they're giving a little bit of clues of who, um, who they are. Um, we haven't written down who they, who some of them are right now. Uh, but it seems like there's more than there were before for some reason. Like they, they started multiplying. So it seems like they're like just, um, their message is spreading and, uh, more people are jumping onto the retribution, uh, um, train there. So, uh, I'm curious to see 
uh, who the other people are, um, knowing the other people already that are in it. Um, does look like they're all at the performance center. They didn't say that on, on raw that, uh, you know, spending time at the performance center, thought they they thought they were going to get their main event push and all stuff. And, you know, obviously it never happened. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm getting kind of wary. I'm waiting for like the, the payoff. I'm not sure what it's going to be. Um, hopefully it doesn't drag to like November and it's like a survivor series match or retribution versus like SmackDown and raw or something like that. But, uh, hopefully it's right. a little bit sooner than that. Yeah. They've definitely framed it up as uh, you know, kind of NXT recruits, uh, gone wrong. So we'll see how it goes. So the names that are being heavily, heavily rumored right now is kind of the core members of, uh, retribution is Dominic Dijakovic, Mercedes Martinez, Shane Thorne, Dio Madden, and Mia Yim. I don't, I think it's not, I don't think that they're bad. I don't think any of those are, I like Dominic Dijakovic. I like a leader. That's, that's exactly the point I was going to make. Yeah. I was going to say like, I will be excited about them going forward, but they need like a main event leader. Um, because Dijakovic and Martinez and, um, you know, Mia Yim, all of them are great, but I don't feel like any one of them is going to come into raw, um, and make an impact. Like if, if Dominic Dijakovic ends up being like the leader of this pack, people aren't going to care because they don't know who they don't know who he is. I mean, not everybody watches NXT, um, and we know what he's capable of with his bouts with Keith Lee and all that kind of stuff. But I just think they're going to need somebody that's like a big name to to be the leader of Retribution. That's going to be some sort of huge unveiling. And I think that's going to make the difference in them getting over on the hurt business. Yeah, I agree. It's a pretty badass goon squad that they've got right there. Um, I could buy DJ Kovac going for the the Intercontinental or the U.S. title, and Mia Yim would definitely fit in in the any women's championship picture. Um, but they definitely need. It's been presented as a as a main event faction so mm-hmm. far, and right. I don't see a main eventer out of those five. Um, going so after what we've seen the past few weeks, Sheena, are you more or less excited for them going forward? I mean, like we just talked about, if they get like a like a badass leader. Uh, I think I'll be excited for them if it just ends up being like, you know, this crew, this handful of um, NXT, you know, call ups or whatever you want to call them. um, Then, I mean, I'm not super excited about it. And I haven't been super excited about their how they've been presented since their like inception. Right. Like it's just kind of drug on and on and on. It's like it's time for the payoff. Like we need the payoff soon because I just feel like at, at this point it's starting to get too long. All right. That's what she said. We will move on to our number three story of the week. Blister Abigail. Alexa Bliss is falling deeper and deeper into the Firefly Funhouse lifestyle. Uh, We've seen it with a little bit of the hair a few weeks back. We would see some of the puppets popping up behind her when she'd be talking to Nikki Cross backstage. And and this weekend, or this past Friday, she kind of completed the the metamorphosis when she hit Nikki Cross with the sister Abigail in the middle of her number one contender fatal four way match. Um, Sheena, what's your thoughts on how this story's gone? I love the slow progression of, of her character change. Um, and I love that we, you know, we get hints of the fiend every week without actually having to see the fiend. So I feel like it protects him in that way. Um, so he's not having to come out every week and, you know, be a part of the show because I feel like he is definitely a character that if overused will just, you know, diminish over time. So I like that we, she's got the dreadlocks. She's hit the sister Abigail. She's kind of going in and out of this like trance state where she's 
I don't know if she's being possessed by the fiend or what's actually happening. Um, but I think it is interesting that Nikki did after she hit the sister Abigail and Nikki, Nikki did like a backstage interview after the fact saying, you know, it would like this whole thing that's happening with uh, Alexa bliss was her fault. She should have never left Alexa alone in the ring. And you know, she's, let the fiend get in her head and she Nikki is going to save Alexa from the fiend um, because that's her best friend and she's not going to let this, this happen to her. So I'm really interested and curious how that's going to play out, how um, Nikki's going to fit in to all of this storyline um, and what's going to happen with the fiend and Nikki, if they ever have to come like face to face. So speaking of Nikki, uh, despite taking the, the sister Abigail on the floor, she did end up winning the match. Uh, I'd have to go back and count, but this definitely feels like about her sixth or seventh opportunity she's yeah. had at the Women's Championship between NXT and the main roster. Uh, Marco, do you think she's got any chance of actually beating Bailey and taking the title this time? Uh, no, not unless um, like Sasha Banks interrupts and causes Bailey to lose the title. Yeah, definitely not. I don't think she's. Um, I don't think she has a chance of at winning the title. I could be wrong, but I think the only way she would win is if if. Sasha interferes and, you know, costs her the title. And that leads, you know, obviously Bailey and Sasha to feud it out a little bit without a title. But, um, yeah, I don't see, I don't see that in, in her future at all. Um, I do hope with the, uh, with the, with the fiend, you know, taking over like, um, uh, Alexa Bliss, that they do something like the, you ever see that movie Fallen with, uh, Denzel Washington, where, uh, that dude gets the electric chair and he, like, um, his, like, soul, like, jumps into different people and like they walk you ever see that movie no anyone no. No. no so basically there's a movie where like this guy like does some like magic he he's like a, a serial killer and he ends up getting the electric chair and you know denzel washington sees him die and everything but his like he his soul his like soul, his soul jumps, jumps from person, from person, to, person to person yeah. so like basically they tag someone so like they, he could be walking down the street another body he could tag somebody and now he's in that person that type of thing so it'd be pretty cool if they do that with the fiend like anyone he comes in contact with now like they start to like get traits of him uh that'd be pretty yeah. cool if they do something like that it's kind of like a spider-man thing like he like bites them and then like, slowly they just turn into like this mutant you exactly. know exactly and, uh, and start to become his little like puppet i could see that and the sad thing is about nikki is like i feel like um you know well I, first of all i think they're just going to use nikki to, to progress this alexa fiend storyline i yeah, think yeah. it could possibly be um that the fiend comes in and attacks Nikki on behalf of, you know, Alexa or something. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know how, how it would go about. Um, but I think that could be really cool because she kind of threatened the fiend a little bit. So maybe they could do something like that. Um, and Nikki, I feel like if they booked her seriously, she could be a really good, like a contender for the title. I just feel like they've kind of put her in this like pigeonholed role where she's like a goofy best friend, like making corny jokes and like doing all that kind of stuff. But I mean, we saw, we saw Becky shake that stigma and go to the top. I mean, Becky used to be like the goofy dad joke making, um, you know, chick, but Becky's always been mage. (laughs) Seth Seth has been, he has been with Becky since day one ish. So, uh, I will say that, but yeah, I, I think she could be. I, I just don't feel like this is the time. Um, sadly, even though she's had like twelve times, I, I don't think this is the time because there's been no significant build up to this point. I'm a. I, I agree. I'm a huge Nikki Cross fan. Um, I don't really like her chances against Bailey. Bailey's actually having is low key grown into you know one of the you know two or three most significant women's championship reigns mm-hmm. that we've seen in the last decade. Um, so she's really been killing it ever since she got that belt last summer. 
I just don't think that Nikki's going to be able, with all the other stuff going around uh, that's going to be happening around this match, I don't think Nikki has a great chance of taking her out. So yeah, with that, there's, there's hijinks for sure. Yeah. We will move on to our number two story of the week. So the closing moments of AEW Dynamite last night. We saw Mama Sue finally get her revenge. You guys remember, this I think was it was about the best. six or seven weeks ago. Yes. Um, Santana and Ortiz wrecked uh, Sue's van. You know, that's kind of the the mode of transportation of choice for the best friends in Orange Cassidy, um, rolling in Trent's mom's van. They wrecked it. You know, they totally destroyed this beautiful minivan. Um, last night, one of the best parking lot brawls, you know, possibly yeah. ever seen. Usually those matches just get bored and stuff. This one was great. It was nonstop action. They had just enough comedy uh, mixed in to, to remind you that pro wrestling is just, you know, the uh, you know almost like a live circus every single week. The ending was on point. Orange Cassidy's cameo was oh, great. Oh, it was awesome. The yeah. orange punch was mage. One of, you know, it's one of my, it definitely wasn't the best match I've seen by any stretch of the imagination this year, but it was definitely, I, I was sports entertained for sure. Um, I really loved it. What was you guys' thoughts on the match? Marco, how about you? Yeah, it was, I, I thought it was really fun. That was really entertaining. I watched that over the main event on uh, NXT um, just because of the sheer, like, like chaos that was going on during that match. And I actually seen a, um, um, Mick Foley actually gave that match high remarks as I well. I saw he, that. Yeah. yeah. He, um, he said he always wanted to do some type of like parking lot, like fight or brawl. Uh, but you know what he said, watching that, he would, he would even like, like dare even like think that he would be able to do the things that those guys did. Um, it was just, it was, it was awesome. Like Trent's awesome. I, I love the best friends. They're, they're probably one of yeah. my favorite tags, tag teams there. Headband never falls off. That's my favorite thing about it yeah. like <laughs> that headband stays on even getting thrown through a windshield um doesn't fall off which is great um santana ortiz can't talk i think i think we're like we talk highly about them like every chance we get like i don't think we said one bad thing about yeah. santana ortiz and they're really awesome um it was just a really fun match again uh same type of like campy vibe um like like a 90s like action flick almost so i was i was really i really enjoyed that match did you like how it was like a parking lot, but like all the cars were like in a circle, you know, like yeah. all the cars were kind of just That's like, the only way you're gonna have a lot. <laughs> like circled up. Yeah. So it was uh, you just want to be like 40 rows deep, like Walmart. Yeah. yeah. That's all, you know, people could be like backing out, you know, and people could be like pushing their carts back to the cart turn, you know, and you could, I do kind of like the shopping cart idea, but, yeah. but no, I like how they did it. Yeah. I thought, I thought it was good. I thought the orange punch was awesome. Uh, that the pile driver on the hood of the car, I, I get nervous anytime I see a pile driver. I don't know why I just like always like clench my teeth and like, you know, pray. Um, but yeah, that spot that Trent took in through the through the windshield was brutal. Yeah. All right, so we're gonna veer into a little bit of uh, go figure uh, before we get into the the proper segment. Um, so we know that Jeremy from Jazzwares he was all about the playsets when he was at Jack. So we're gonna try to speak this into existence. Mm-hmm. Um, Sheena, would you buy a Mama Sue van for the Jazzwares figures? Take my money. I, I, I don't want just a Mama Sue van. I want like the whole playset. I want sledgehammers. Like I want like interchangeable busted up panels with spray paint on them that you can interchange on the van. Um, I think it would just be so mage to have a Mama Sue van playset. I think it's pretty realistic because like I said, the, the playsets are going to come. You know, we saw when Jeremy was running the Jacks line. We had a lot of awesome stuff. We got the Punjabi prison, basically any gimmick match, they would make the playset for it. And also the uh, the slamming vehicles from Mattel have actually done really well. You know, they mm-hmm. released the yeah. car that Brock wrecked a few years ago when he was with Seth. 
and then the slamulence. Both those things have actually been really well received by by the kids that they're kind of designed for for play. And then collectors have liked those also. They've been great for mm-hmm. figography. So I, I really hope it's going to happen. You know, I, I the only the only thing I only reason I think it might have happened is just because the best friends aren't really at the top of the card. And usually, you see that kind of stuff going uh, along with main event level figures. But yeah. I think it would be great. You know, it'd be such a cool accessory to have. And uh, I really hope we can see it. Um, with that, Marco, are there any other wrestling vehicles that you would like to see made in figure form? The only, the only other one that comes to mind right now would be definitely the Shotzi Blackheart and her tank. Oh, um, yeah. Because yeah. I'm, 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 a, I'm a huge Shotzi Blackheart fan. Yeah. Um, she's awesome. Um, that match that she had with Io Shirai last night was um, insane. That could have definitely been like a main That could have been a, the main event of NXT. Um, they both really uh, looked well together. Uh, but yeah, no, definitely that tank. We need that whole set. We need the tank. We need the helmet. Yeah. She has all the accessories. She's uh, very toyetic, if you want to say, as well, with, with the color, with the green hair and the, the leather jacket. and the. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, she'd definitely be, that'd be my pick for a uh, for a vehicle. I feel like we need a an AEW golf cart. Um, oh, yeah. But I mean, I mean, the golf cart has been a, a very prominent um, member of the AEW vehicle. Um society ever since uh back in the stadium stampede day so yeah, i think yeah. i think we definitely need a a golf cart for sure i had a few i want to see um for the undertaker it'd be awesome to get his motorcycle from when he was biker taker and then a hearse would be pretty sweet too if you a guys remember uh, SummerSlam 92 his casket match with kamala he made his entrance on a on, he was riding on the back of the hearse yeah that'd be pretty badass and then just for sentimental reasons i'd love to see steve austin's four-wheeler you guys remember when he was uh, the the general manager, commissioner, whatever it was? I forget what yeah. they were calling the authority figure position back then. He would always ride a four wheeler down to the ring and his Hall of Fame. Yeah, and speech. he's actually talked about yeah. uh, when he came out for his kind of curtain call at WrestleMania 25 after he got inducted in the Hall of Fame. Uh, he said when he was riding this four wheeler down to the ring, that was one of the most emotional moments he ever had. He said he actually had to you know had to kind of fight it to keep from getting choked up. Uh, just hearing the ovation from the crowd and stuff. So I think uh, Stone Cold's four wheeler would be pretty sweet. I feel like we need a Vince's car full of cement, you know? Yeah, that would be awesome. <laughs> Just like, yeah, you could like, you could pour your, like, we need a cement truck and Vince's like as a, as a play set. That you could really do a whole line for Steve Austin because you could have the uh, the cement truck that he drove. He had the crane the when he was truck. feuding with NWO, the beer truck, the Zamboni. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, the possibility is really endless with him. Um, so with that, we will move to our number one story of the week. All right, guys, uh, by the time we record our next episode, it will officially be fall. We got about three days left of summer as it stands right now. Uh, it was probably the weirdest summer of wrestling we've ever had due to uh, the pandemic, just kind of throwing a monkey wrench in literally everything. But it is time to uh, reflect on what's passed and take a look at what's coming up. So I asked you guys, Sheena, what was your most memorable moment in wrestling over the summer? I mean, I, I think I'd be remiss not to say that the return of the big dog Roman Reigns and his um, heel turn immediately after with Paul Heyman was definitely probably my most memorable moment of the summer. Um, Moving to the Thunderdome was pretty mage too, but I think um, like seeing Paul Heyman and Roman Reigns together just really freaking blew my mind. So I have to go with that. Marco. Dang, you took mine. Um, (laughs) Sorry, Marco. (laughs) Good thing I had a backup though. Mm -hmm. Um, It's probably the most memorable uh, wrestling event that happened over the summer would probably be the uh, Undertaker's last ride. Um, just getting the peek behind the curtain 
and actually that was awesome and seeing um seeing the behind the scenes undertaker that you've never seen for um how many years he's been wrestling so like i thought that was really awesome um then him technically retiring was pretty emotional as well yeah very um, uh, a world without the undertaker or the sports entertainment world without undertaker is a uh is a really questionable world and uh we're probably gonna witness that firsthand but uh yeah no definitely the uh Definitely the uh, the last ride was the uh, was the highlight for me. Seth hasn't even gotten to see that yet, I don't think. Yeah, um, I watched the first what? episode, and yeah. the rest are kind of just sitting in my queues. Just too much other stuff to watch. Yeah, we're catching up on all the yeah. things. I told you guys, like I was a good wife, and I didn't watch all the things that were coming out as, uh, as when Seth was on deployment. So we have we literally have a queue that is forever long. So I don't know how long we'll be we'll be midway through twenty twenty one before we get caught up. <laughs> all right, Marco. Uh, so we're gonna take a look at the next three months. Fall is typically a uh, a slow time of year for WWE. Sometimes they do some experimental stuff and push people you would normally expect. So we don't really know what the next few months has in store, but if you could pick one person, a fantasy book to get a push, who would you pick? Are we talking main roster or anybody? We're talking AEW, NXT, Raw, SmackDown, Ring of Honor, NWA, Revolution Pro, New Japan, anybody you want worldwide. <laughs> wow, that's fully uh, worldwide. <laughs> huh, that's that's a uh, that's rough. Um, actually, you know what? Just because we spoke about them earlier, definitely the best friends. I think they need to be pushed up into the uh, the uh, the main event status of the uh, the tag team division. Um, I dig it. They've been putting on a lot of. Um, I mean, I, I enjoy all their matches. I don't think I've ever been bored by one or. Just been like, eh, I don't want to see them wrestle at all. They're horrible. Um, definitely, I mean, they they show that they can be entertaining in the ring and outside of the ring. Um, definitely from that uh, parking lot fight, um, and I think they'd be like a great, uh, like a, a, a face team to go against the um, against the uh, FTR as well. Yeah, with- that would be great because you know FTR they they take themselves so seriously, and just seeing these yeah. goofballs come in and give them a run for their money. Yeah, I, I agree. That would be really entertaining. Yeah, and you'd have uh, you'd have Tully on the outside. Um, uh, you know, coaching them on. Then you'd have uh, Orange Cassidy just leaning against the post, not really <laughs> paying attention to the to the match at hand, which would be pretty funny to see. Just to see a Tully Orange Cassidy interaction would be entertaining um, more than anything, actually. Shana, who would you push? Um, probably. I mean, Alistair Black. I feel like he's kind of just like in this weird limbo place right now, um, and I feel like a, a, a full heel turn. Full heel Alistair would make for a, a fun fall in, in WWE. Yeah, I could definitely see Alistair Black. Uh, he's got a lot of, he's has never quite connected on the main roster like he did in NXT. Yeah. Um, okay, so we do have some honorable mentions that we want to get to. These are the stories that didn't quite make the Chicks top six, but we still want to give a little bit of love to. So first off, uh, the new trailer for The Mandalorian Season 2 dropped this week, and Sasha Banks, the boss, was heavily featured uh, so, you know, we're going to lose some nerd cred here, but we haven't actually watched this show yet. So Marco, you're going to have to lead us on this one. What were your thoughts on the trailer and how do you think Sasha's going to fit into the show? Um, yeah, I don't want to give anything away if you guys haven't watched. Are you guys planning on watching it at all? Yeah. Or? I mean, eventually, it's like I said, you'll, it's you'll, like a- yeah, here's for everybody listening. This is your spoiler alert. Marco, take it away. Well, I'm not going to really spoil anything. I, I will say this. It looks like she is going to be like a, like a focal point in this, in this season. Um, Judging by the way she was just like off in the not really in the distance, but like, you know, um just just sitting there watching um 
uh, the Mandalorian and stuff like that. So I think uh, I'm trying not to give stuff away because I know there's people out there that are, that are like, "What the hell? Don't say this is, this is yeah. This is your this is your yeah. spoiler. You got you know three, two, one. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah I wouldn't spoil. Definitely wouldn't spoil the show. The first season is great if you haven't watched the first season of the Mandalorian. I'm not the biggest Star Wars fan, but that that act that actually that show actually brought me in even more because it, it's 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 just really great. It's well it's well written. Um, the 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 actual the visuals are what pretty much take you away. Like just just seeing the scenery and the characters and all. It's it's a really great show. But um, yeah, they uh, had they had me at Baby Yoda. Yeah, you Baby Yoda. I mean, I, there was nothing. <laughs> that was the greatest thing I had ever seen. When it just like all of a sudden, I was like, "Oh my god!" There's like a tiny Yoda. Well, Give it you, to me. If you notice, Baby Yoda is heavily featured in this new season. So, um, I mean, hopefully, Sasha Banks doesn't lose any fans if she's actually the one trying to, you know, capture if she Baby kill, Yoda. If she kills Baby Yoda. Oh I my will god! Never, <laughs> I will never forgive her. I will speak nothing. I will, I will go full Samoa Joe. On her, if she <laughs> if she kills, uh, she will have the the Samoa Joe treatment from the Chick Foley show. But yeah, Bob Zegler was so, super stoked in the group. He was like, "You guys," <laughs> he said, "I'm marking out so hard." The Sasha boss. Banks, Sasha Banks is in the Mandalorian, and uh, Mike Lanham said, "You know, it's gonna be Jar Jar Banks." <laughs> oh come on! <laughs> I know, I know. Right. So bad. All right. Uh, so then, last night on NXT. Uh, our William Regal, always a big fan anytime he shows up to, to announce something. He announced the first ever gauntlet eliminator match. So uh, you got to love it anytime they have to throw up a full screen graphic just to explain the rules. So yeah. this is a new match. <laughs> We're going to have two men will start in the ring. Every four minutes, another competitor will enter. The only way to be eliminated is by a pinfall or submission. And the last man standing is going to be named the number one contender to fight Finn Balor for the NXT title at the next takeover. So it's a little bit of a hybrid between like the Royal Rumble Elimination Chamber and a uh, a gauntlet match. Um, Marco, what's your thoughts on this new gimmick? Um, I like it. I think uh, you should have to earn your spot uh, or earn your chance to, to face Finn Balor. Um, he's the one that put uh, NXT on the map pretty much when he was the champion. So I think uh, any competitor should have to go through that type of match. I'm, I'm actually interested to see how it, how it turns out. Um, and it, and it gives you the uh, uh, the chance to see who's going to uh, outshine. Um, maybe some the first person that goes in might be the last person that leaves. They might pin everyone. You never know. So um, that actually, I'm, I'm really interested in this. And uh, it seems like they're doing a lot with the uh, same thing with the NXT UK. They have that tournament going on um, with the the British style uh, tournament that they have going on too as well. So uh, William Regal's just throwing his uh, throwing his weight around to. Everywhere, right? He's the man. He's the best authority <laughs> figure WWE's had. I, I love him. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I kind of pride myself on being one of the least critical uh, smarks out there. I really just watch the shows to be entertained. But my my problem with this is it's got all the same rules. Why not just give us the elimination chamber? You know what I mean? Yeah. We're in a, you know, we're we're already having to go with no crowd or something. Just let's turn it up a notch. Give us the biggest match you can. Let's have the first ever NXT elimination chamber match. I think it gets some good ratings. You know, they've been losing oh, to AEW for a while, so I don't know why we're kind of going with this half-ass version of uh, the Elimination Chamber. Let's let's take it down to Orlando and let's set it up, uh, and, and let's give everybody what they really want. You know, Sheena, what's your thoughts on the Gauntlet match? 
you know, anytime they start like rattling off rules like that, I always have like Seth and I, we have this inside joke. I just start doing like the little face of the meme of the chick with all the math, you know, that's uh. like, <laughs> I'm just like, what? It's like four men enter every 40 seconds. Another competitor enters. The only way to win is to pin your competitor on the minute, every minute on the minute. So yeah, it's, um, it's, I mean, it's going to be good. It's going to be a good match. I mean, I, I, NXT usually delivers in these situations, but yeah, I think it's just a little convoluted. Um, and just to try to like make up some brand new gimmick. I mean, but I'm here for it. It could be, it could be the greatest thing we've ever seen. So one last thing, uh, while we're still inside the squared circle, we do want to give ourselves a, uh, a Barry Horowitz pat on the back. Uh, a couple people that we gave props to, um, a few in the past couple weeks have gone on to, to sign contracts. So if you guys remember right after all out, the one of the unsung heroes we talked about was Will Hobbs. He did a great job in the battle Royal after basically just being, you know, kind of a glorified jobber on AEW dark for a while. He was featured in the battle Royal. And then, um, he ended up, uh, signing a contract with AEW full time. So he's a full time superstar and he will, uh, actually be teaming with Mox and Darby Allen next week in the main event. So, Gets a little bit of rub from the Chick Foley show, and all of a sudden he's gone from AEW Dark to the main event of Dynamite. And then last week, uh, Marco talked about how much uh, he was digging Wade Barrett on NXT commentary, and it was just announced in the last 24 hours that Wade Barrett has signed a full time contract. So, yeah, you know, if uh, any any superstars out there, you know, we we, we can be everybody's got a price, and uh, we could definitely be bought. If you want to get a little plug on here, we could get you that contract from WWE or AEW that you've been looking for. So listen up guys. Anytime we give somebody uh, the, the rub, uh, you know, big things are on the way. All right. With that, we will move on to go figure. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. All right, Go Figure is our segment every week where we talk about the latest and greatest in wrestling figure news. This segment's brought to you by Ringside Collectibles, the number one seller of wrestling figures on the internet. And remember, guys, you can use code CHICKFOLEY for 10% off on all your purchases. So, Marco, you want to run us down the uh, figure news for the week? Yeah, definitely. So, um, <clears throat> so uh, first off, we have the uh, – so they announced the uh, Jushin Liger uh, figure um storm collectibles are doing another one um it's it's based off the final years of him performing um and it's going to be available uh later this year so um if you're a fan of jushin liger and now he has another figure that you can pick up i know uh mike landham said he's if you throw on a jushin liger figure he's yeah. gonna buy them all so yeah. <laughs> um, he's definitely gonna get that one He's getting them. Those figures are incredible. I just, I wish that they were in scale with the yeah. elite. You know, like I just, it, even if they don't want to do them with elites, put it in scale with the Storm Collectibles Hogan, you know, because the Hogan was maybe a touch big. Um, but the Jushin Thunder Liger, he's the same size as the Hollywood Hogan. And for somebody like me who's super particular, I just, I, I can't really mess with it in my, uh, my figure collection. It's so close, but, but the scale kind of kills it for me. But if you can get over the scale, the, those those Liger figures are some of the best wrestling figures that have ever been made. Yeah, definitely agree with that. Um, so the uh, so the top picks uh, twenty twenty one they're in stock. Um, they were revealed last week. We uh, talked about on the show with the new packaging and all that stuff. Um, so it's uh, Roman Reigns, the Fiend, and Kofi Kingston, as well as Drew McIntyre. Um, I'm wondering if the new packaging um, is going to be on all 
of the top picks, or is it going to be on all the elites, or how that's going to go? I know a lot of people are asking about it. I haven't found any news on it. Have you guys read anything on like? No, I haven't seen anything. If the if the uh, I haven't seen anything from like Action Figure Attack or or Big Shot Bill to say if the new <clears> packaging is going to be complete. Uh, hopefully that Drew McIntyre. Hopefully that drives down the price of him a little bit on eBay. I don't know if you've checked lately, Marco. Drew McIntyre is like the hottest figure in the game. Whether it's his NXT release or um, his one from Elite Seventy One, I think it was. His figure is sky high. So hopefully. Uh, you know, they Mattel's typically done a really good job of keeping the top picks line stocked up on shelves. Shout out to AJ Styles. Um, so hopefully, <laughs> hopefully we see Drew become a little bit more affordable for people that want to add this guy to uh, to their collection. What else we got? Uh, so they have these uh, new uh, showdown packs. So they they actually have a um, series one and a series two. Um, so series one it features Roman Reigns and Finn Balor, um, Undertaker and Jeff Hardy. And then Sasha Banks and Alexa Bliss. Um, I'm not. I, I haven't read anything if they're uh, if they're basics or elites or anything like that. Yeah, so I found like the stock product description or whatever. Um, so it sounds like they are basic figures, and they're going to come with some sort of like championship belt playset. Like it sounds like they're going to come with. I don't know if it's like a center plate or something you can display the figures on, but it's it, it it's going to come with some sort of uh, championship belt accessory, like not actual toy belt, like an actual like some sort of big like championship belt toy um, that's going to come with these guys, and that's kind of going to be the game for them. But they are going to be basics, which which kind of sucks. I know the basics are kind of geared towards the kids for play and stuff, but especially that that taker jeff hardy i'm assuming it's going to be based off their ladder match from uh monday night raw and uh that you know that was a classic i'd love to have elites of those guys um but you know i i get that basics have their purpose also yeah the um so the second uh showdown packs two it's called um is john cena and randy orton uh the rock and triple h and then the last last but not least booker t and bobby lashley (laughs) <laughs> I don't even remember when they fought. That was <laughs> that been some dark period when I wasn't watching wrestling. Do you remember that match? I I I don't remember that at all. Actually, no. It might have been yeah. That might have been the dark the dark years of uh, of their feud, or they just threw them two together just to be in a pack. But yeah, I do not remember that. And so then we saw our good friends over at Eagle Moss revealed that they're going to start up an iconic matches line. Uh, and the first two pack in the series is going to be uh, the Hulkster and Andre from WrestleMania three. Definitely a good pick to start off a new line. That's, you know, arguably the most iconic wrestling match ever. Yeah. Um, I'm down for this. I, we, we actually don't collect the Eagle Moss, but I know it's it's pretty cool. And I'm excited to see what all they come out with in this line. Have you seen any of the other uh, sets announced yet, Marco, or just Hulk and Andre so far? Um, I see the uh, the rocket, not really match sets, but they have like the rock and uh, the rock and saw connection uh, set nice. as well uh, that's available for purchase right now on their site um and i forget the other one but yeah no eagle moss is really awesome i yeah i'm not an eagle moss collector myself but um obviously i would pick and choose out of which ones i would get definitely like i would definitely get a warrior one um if i had to um um and what else definitely this set here the uh the iconic match with uh andre the giant and hulk hogan uh at wrestlemania 3 that's that's definitely something that caught my eye and it's uh up for pre-order right now as well on ego boss nice uh what'd you pick up this week for weekly purchases um just just one thing just the uh just the uh the woo nation just charlotte flair the uh, ultimate edition uh showed up on saturday afternoon i was like oh she's here um figure is awesome it's it's 
probably one of the best like face scans ever. It looks like both head scans look just like her. Um, yeah, it is incredible. I put it I, I think it's between um her Elite Sixty Five Nia Jax and the uh, the Ultimate Edition Ronda for best women's figure ever made. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, um, I know uh, that you know there's a lot of people. A lot of people are talking about like the like the like the tattoos and stuff that they put on her, which are really detailed as well. Uh, the gear is awesome. The robe. I mean, there's not much you could say. It's um, she did the unboxing. She gave a little bit more detail. Um, yeah, you can see that on the, uh, like that. the IG feed. Sheena did a reel of the uh, or IGTV post of, of the unboxing. Yeah, it's awesome. It's it's definitely definitely get it. it's a ringside exclusive. Not going to find it anywhere else. Not going to show up in store. So um, definitely get it while they last because they're probably going to disappear at some point. So we picked up uh, from our friends at Chalkline. We got the screw job pack, as I'm calling it, the uh, the shorts uh, from Survivor Series 97, the main event, the, the black and red HBK and the black uh, Bret Hart. Um, love anything that they put out. You know, still waiting on those Chick-fil-A show shorts for if, if anybody from Chalkline is listening right now. Uh, and uh, they got a lot of awesome shorts still coming out to, to kind of close out the, the late summer early fall period. Um, and then we're, so we've been working hard on our Hasbro collection, you know, we're basically all the way caught up on all the old elites. Uh, so we're really working more on Hasbro's and retros. I was able to pick up Rick Martell, uh, Texas tornado and hacksaw Jim Duggan with the two by four, which is pretty tricky to find. And then, um, we got a local antique shop. It's kind of, it's more of like a, a indoor flea market than an antique shop, but it's called Virginia beach antique mall. I was able to score the John Cena retro from way back to series one retros for five bucks. So that was a little bit of a steal. Oh, wow. And I also like to announce while I was there, my, what also caught my eye, there was a minty. I'm talking like, it looks like it could have just came out of the package. Uh, just toys, Bendem Yoko Zuna. And it was only what? 10 bucks. So mm-hmm. I went ahead and picked it up and that's going to be, our Chick Foley show giveaway this week. All right. So this one's going to be Patreon exclusive. We're going to show love to our most loyal fans, the Foley fam. And remember, uh, all you got to do if you want to uh, be eligible for that is to join up for $1 a month and get access to the Facebook group. Uh, so look for within the next 24 hours, look for a post to go up in the Facebook group. And all you're going to need to do is comment Bonsai uh, in honor of the Bonsai drop and, and, and we'll announce the winner of that on next week's show. So, yeah, Sheena's got some pictures of it. She's going to throw up. But yeah, I'm, I'm telling you, this thing is basically MOC. So wow. just thought it'd be something cool to change it up instead of giving away, uh, you know, something new. This is this is an older figure that's definitely hard to find in that good of condition. So with that, uh, again, light, you know, light news or light week for figure news. We will move on to quarantine and chill. El Idolo! All right, guys, Quarantine and Chill is a little bit of our uh, catch-all segment. We talk about different podcasts or stuff we've been watching on TV, um, Instagram accounts we're fans of, or or this week even food that uh, we're into lately. Um, and, and we get you guys something to just kind of take your mind off of some of the, uh, you know, some of the stuff we're not able to do while everybody's kind of still on a little bit of a lockdown due to the pandemic. So uh, one big thing this week. So it's a staple of basically everybody's childhood. I think McDonald's chicken McNuggets, you mm-hmm. know, um, 
They don't really taste like chicken. They don't really feel like chicken, but they are delicious. It tastes right? like McNuggets, dude. They, they just ha- taste they, like they just, McNuggets. Yeah, when yeah, you ta- a, when you say say McNugget, like it just has its own it, flavor yeah, profile. It's def- definitely its own thing. Um, and it's been the same, you know, since I'm th- 1983. I'm, I'm 35 years old. I've had McNuggets. You know, I've been fortunate enough with my job. I've traveled the. I've circled the globe. I think three times. I've ate chicken McNuggets on four different continents. All taste the same. Blind taste test. <laughs> chicken nugget from Singapore or a chicken nugget from Portugal or a chicken nugget from Hawaii or a chicken nugget from Virginia. They all taste the same, but for whatever reason, McDonald's has decided to shake things up. And this week they debuted the spicy McNugget. Uh, Sheena being the foodie that she is, she was there on day one and picked up a 10 pack. Sheena, give us your thoughts on the spicy McNuggets. I liked it, man. I thought that, I mean, again, it had the same nugget feeling. So you're still going to get that same, the same texture, the same filling, um, but the the coating on the outside has um, chili pepper and cayenne, so it is spicy and it's kind of like a slow heat. Like when I first when I took my first bite, um, I did a live review of this on the Patreon Facebook group. So if you haven't checked that out, check it out. But when I took the first bite, I was kind of just thinking like, oh, it tastes a little bit different, but I, it didn't really give me that like spicy feel that I'm used to, like from a Wendy's chicken sandwich or something like that. Um, but then, you know, after you take like your second bite, you're like, oh, OK, the, the heat starts to sneak up on you a little bit. And they released this new Mighty Hot Sauce that, um, you know, I, I'm a dipper. Like, you know, we, we talked about earlier in the show, we kind of joked a little bit that our buddy, um, our buddy Tom, he was joking in the in the group. I mean, he wasn't joking. He was serious. He doesn't. I said, what sauce does everybody like? And he's like, I don't eat sauce um, on my on my nuggets and stuff. And so I could not believe that he just eats dry ass chicken or dry ass whatever. <laughs> he's eating French fries, any of it. It's ridiculous. Um, and then he said, you know, you're really going to freak out when you find out I don't put any condiments on my hot dog. And I was just like, oh, hell no. Like, you know, this is our. You this is, this, yeah, this dog. is Tom from uh, the run in pod. So if you haven't checked out their pod, please, please do it. It's awesome. Him and Daryl do a great job over there, but I don't know if I can support them anymore with no. Tom. I, I thought I thought we were cool. I thought we had like a you know a, a, a good friendship, uh, but after I found that out, I'm questioning what I thought I knew about him. But the Nuggets were really good. I would definitely go back and get them. Everybody was asking if how they compared to the Wendy's spicy chicken nuggets, but I cannot. I, I don't remember. I don't think I've ever gotten the spicy chicken nuggets from Wendy's. Um, so I don't know. That I can't, tells you everything you need to know right there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when I go to Wendy's, my go-to is like the the spicy chicken sandwich. So I, I usually get that um, when I go to Wendy's. So yeah, it was really freaking good. Marco, did you get a chance to try the spicy McNuggets yet? I did not, no. Um, I went for my second helping of the uh, Travis Scott <laughs> meal. Um, <laughs> I actually, did you get um, a Sprite this time? Yeah, actually, so when I ordered it, they just gave me the meal. They didn't ask me anything. They didn't ask me if I wanted oh, to drink improving. with it. They didn't ask the size, so they're they're definitely improving. They didn't uh, they didn't uh, you know. Did you get a Travis you? Scott box with your with your meal? No, I didn't. I didn't get the figure either. That's, that was very upset. No Travis, Travis Scott, Scott figure. figure. Uh, but no, That's what I'll say the the Nuggets had their own packaging, so I was like, man, you know, awesome. Travis Scott really missed an opportunity. So yeah. the the Travis Scott thing is a perfect segue because after we discussed that last week, we had a few people reach out to ask Sheena what the Chick Foley meal would be at McDonald's. So. Sheena, take it away. If if the chick, so if we were gonna, if you're gonna order a Chick Foley meal, you're gonna get a double cheeseburger as is. Don't off be the value meal. Off the value meal. I, I like to keep it frugal. 
you know, um, get a, get a double cheeseburger. Don't be wiping off the, off the condiments, Tom, just get it as is. Um, you're going to get a large fry. You're going to get a six piece McNugget with sweet and sour sauce for your dipping sauce. And you're going to get a Coke to drink. So that is your, your Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Your Chick-fil-A McDonald's meal. Yeah. I, I co-sign on that one. I think the, the Big Mac and the, the quarter pounder, you know, they still don't hit like the regular double cheeseburger does. That's definitely the way to go. If uh, you're trying to get your burger fix at McDonald's, Marco, do you got a, a, a go-to combo? Um, I'm a plain Jane. Definitely go. I always go with the number one Big Mac. Can't oh go my gosh, we just talked. <laughs> man, Big can't Mac. Go, dude. Can't I, go I, wrong with the Big Mac, man. That's that's my uh, that's my go-to. <laughs> no, there's nothing wrong with the Big Mac. I just feel like there's too much bread on a Big Mac. I like. I I don't mind. Uh, what is the third bun doing for you? I like I like the sauce. I like I like all the things of the Big Mac, but I'm like, why they put that extra bread in there, dude? It's it, you it, know, it, Sheena's Sheena's being soft. I'll say it, the Big Mac sucks, dude. I, I never oh yuck my, someone I'm else's sorry. yum. I'm sorry, Marco. I'm the, sorry. The third the third piece of bread, the shredded lettuce. I just don't get it. That's a staple. That's a staple of, of McDonald's. That's the that's the franchise. That's the Ric yeah. Flair of the the burger. <laughs> See, we'll, we'll have to have we, we could have a patreon exclusive fast food debate i would say that the regular cheeseburger not even the double just the regular cheeseburger no it's is not the McDonald's you gotta staple. have two patties two patties no dude. don't you gotta yeah you gotta two patty it up yeah it's, right. it's too it's too thin you just get that regular cheeseburger that's that's for kids that's we will we will move on because this this conversation could definitely get pretty heated i'm already, <laughs> I'm already starting to feel my uh, temperature rise a little bit i'm very passionate about my fast food uh, <laughs> So, Marco, tell us about the Dissect podcast. All right. So, uh, does it, I know it sounds kind of like a kind of like a serial killer type of yeah. podcast, yeah. Um, but it is, it is serialized. That's what it's okay. called. That's what the tagline is. It's a serialized music podcast. Um, it examines a uh, single album. So, basically, each episode will be a song off the album. And mm. that the the guy that 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 does a podcast, I forget his name. He actually breaks down the lyrics, what the what it means. Um, he'll intertwine like um, interviews and things like that. So he really does his research on on all these uh, different albums. So I'll give you. He's on season seven right now, um, but I'll give you the seasons for instance. So the first season was "To Pimp a Butterfly" from uh, Kendrick Lamar. So he takes you through each song on "To Pimp a Butterfly" and he explains what Kendrick Lamar is talking about and, and what, what the story, what the, the overall story arc of that album is, which is pretty intriguing uh, for myself because I'm a music lover and I'm a Kendrick Lamar fan. Uh, the second season was uh, uh, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy by Kanye oh, yeah. West. Who's yeah. pretty much everyone says that's pretty much one of his, like probably his greatest album uh, minus probably maybe one or two songs. Um, so he takes you on each one of those songs, breaks them down. And it's, it's really fascinating. The stuff that he comes up with, with the meetings and stuff it. behind it. I was going to say, this sounds like a Seth Phelps podcast. Oh yeah. Like um, absolutely love. Yeah. I just, well, I'll just go down real quick. So channel orange um, and blonde mm, by Frank Ocean. Both of those channel albums. Orange is one of my favorites. Yeah, he does in season three, uh, season. Um, uh, what do you get? It's kind of like a mini series one. He does from the miseducation of Lauren Hill. Oh, um, that's, that's another like great between. album. Oh my God. Yeah. He also does flower boy. Um, from the Tyler the Creator, if you've listened to that album, that's really Tyler um, the Creator, not a fan. Yeah, uh, the last two, oh, actually, the last three are "Damn" by Kendrick Lamar, 
Lemonade by Beyonce, and the most recent one was Because the Internet uh, by Childish Gambino, which is okay. really Sweet. good if you've listened yeah. to that. So yeah, definitely listen to that podcast. I'm a huge fan. If you're, I'm pretty much a fan of all the people that he's that he's done seasons on. So it's really interesting. And then like when you go back and listen. Uh, by yourself to these songs and these albums now you have this like background and you're like oh that's what he that's what he means by this or that's what she means by this or yeah it's, re- it's really good definitely definitely listen to it if you're a music fan good find yeah i've right, never so even that's heard the of that. dissect podcast i'm assuming uh, it's on itunes spotify all the major platforms oh it's everywhere okay everybody check that out and with that we will move to random merch of the week All right, you guys know probably the only thing more fun than watching wrestling is collecting all the merch that goes along with it. Um, Across all the different uh, wrestling organizations, there's been countless, countless licensing agreements and different obscure and major companies that have produced stuff. And to this day, we're still finding old stuff that uh, has never been seen before. And I actually stumbled across a find today. So we'll we'll post a link to the eBay listing on uh, in the Patreon group. It's going for 50 bucks right now, but it's a thermos. Uh, you know, the official Thermos brand lunchbox and uh, Thermos set from 1990, sometime in 1992, I'm thinking. So the unique thing about this one is that if you guys remember that iconic artwork from the Royal Rumble 91 and Royal Rumble 92 posters where it would have all the wrestlers kind of walking down the street. Uh, you remember those, Marco? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. So it's that artwork except the wrestlers are kind of cut out and then just pasted onto a plain blue background. If you remember the Royal Rumble posters kind of had them like, you know, with a a street background, like with buildings and stuff. And um, this is just a plain blue background for whatever reason. And then it comes with a a white thermos with the classic WWE logo on it. So it was interesting to me because I've never seen, um, I've just never seen that before. I've never seen the, the wrestler art from those posters taken and put on something else like that. So it almost looked fake at first, um, but it's definitely a pretty cool piece. Like I said, 50 bucks. If, if you were into collecting all the obscure merch like that, it'd be an awesome thing to add to the collection. Um, and we'll post that up in Patreon if any of the Chick Foley fam wants to buy it. Um, Marco, do you find anything this week or you want to move on to retro wrestling? Well, I was going to ask if any of you guys ever have like a lunchbox thermos set. Because I, I was like a certified like latchkey kid and like I just ate whatever the school slop that we had. You know what I mean? <laughs> like my mom, my mom was not packing no lunch. You know, I'm like this hippie mom. I'll be like making my kids like, you know, acai bowls and stuff for their freaking lunch and shit. Um, but yeah, I, I was always I never I always wanted a lunchbox and like a backpack that matched and like a thermos set. But like I never had it. Um, so I actually had a WWF thermos set. I still distinctly remember I bought it at Toys R Us and uh, it was plain blue thermos and lunchbox and the three wrestlers on the lunchbox. It was Ultimate Warrior and Hulk Hogan. And then somehow Brutus the Barber Beefcake uh, snuck on there. He was the third guy on there. Wow. So I don't know. I don't know how the hell. Uh, <laughs> wow. I don't know how the hell Brother Brudai made it on there with Hogan <laughs> and, and the Warrior. And this was in 1991. So we're at peak, you know warrior and hulkamania and somehow brutus is on there also uh but that that was my wrestling thermoset as a kid what about you marco um yeah i had the um basically basic hulk hogan one with the there was like a hulk hogan it was like a white mug and it just had a a character of hulk hogan on it with the with the red top like remember they had like the um, we have that yeah we actually have that that mug yeah that's yeah that's the one i had that that thermoset um I remember that. I actually just clicked on uh, 
there was something there was like a like kind of like one of those things that's like, oh, you might be interested in this. Someone's actually selling uh, thermos in a lunchbox at WWF one in Massachusetts. Um, but nice. it's not they're not selling it's not for for bid. I'm just gonna contact and be like, dude, I live like right near you, just sell it to me right now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not bidding on this thing, but uh yeah, no, definitely yeah, the Hulk Hogan one was my uh was my go to. That was that was my guy back then. Yeah, that was pretty cool when uh, when Funko brought it back last year when they they did the lunchbox set. I think they could definitely make some money if they yeah. want to release some yeah. more uh, retro wrestling lunchboxes. All right, with that, uh, we will move into our retro wrestling recommendation of the week. All right, guys, retro wrestling recommendation of the week. This is where uh, we'll pick a match from the past uh, for you guys to check out. Sometimes it'll be tied into something that happened that week, and sometime it'll be, uh, sometimes it'll just be something we're digging on. Uh, so I'll start off first. Um, you guys remember earlier we were talking about the start of fall going up later this week. So my recommendation is going to go uh, with, you know, anytime I hear the word fall in wrestling, I immediately think of the old WCW pay-per-view fall brawl. Now, this was kind of the home for the War Games match that NXT has brought back in the past few years and made so popular. And even though typically WCW War Games, the matches were usually a little bit cool to think cooler to think about than they were when you actually watched them. The first one on Fall Brawl was a pretty good one. So this one saw Sting, the British Bulldog, Dustin Rhodes, and uh, one of the Chick Foley show favorites, the Shockmaster, mm-hmm. going up against Sid Vicious, aka Psycho Sid vader and harlem heat who at this point were still known as cole and kane hadn't yet changed their names to uh stevie ray and booker t so you know a ton of hall of famers in there really great match and it, it's a it's a fun event overall so i kind of recommend watching the the whole event but if, if you only want to got time for one match definitely check out the main event the war games match from fall brawl 1993 marco what's your pick this week um just to uh just to piggyback off of the the parking lot uh fight from uh, AEW Dynamite, I have the one of the originals, which is the Iron Circle match between Ken Shamrock and Steve Blackman. Um, basically, the same setup. They had a circular um, cars in a circle, essentially with the headlights on. Um, it's a really short match. It's like, like I think it's like four minutes long, so you could watch it like really quick if you want to. Why are you um, in the bathroom? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You you're in the bathroom and you're like, uh, I feel like watching a match. Four minutes isn't that bad. Just Throwing on, um, <laughs> yeah. So it's uh, two of like the the most like legit dudes uh, back in the Attitude Era, just beating the crap out of each other um, in a in a circular formation of cars, um, a la the parking lot fight. So I thought it was pretty fun. Uh, the card's pretty. It's a pretty sad. There's like twelve matches on the card. Um, first blood match with uh, Stone Cold and Undertaker as a main event, which is uh, really good. So. Um, I think you can watch pretty much any Attitude Era pay-per-view and be entertained by it uh, from top to bottom. I don't think there's any really boring matches that I remember anyway. I've watched a few of them, and I I was thoroughly entertained, maybe just for nostalgic reasons. But uh, yeah, definitely go back and watch it if you want to see the original um, match where they had cars in a circle. Yeah, you also get a fully loaded strap match with Triple H uh, defeating The Rock. So That's right, yeah. 20 minutes. <laughs> Nice. Triple H is always 20 minutes every every match. Go Google it. All right. With that, we will move into listener mail.
All right, guys. Listener mail is a segment where you guys get a chance to interact with me, Sheena, and Marco. If uh, you're a member of the Patreon group on the Facebook page, that's where uh, we'll take your submissions each week, and you guys can let us know. Uh, you know, basically anything you want to hear. It could be wrestling related, non wrestling related. Uh, we'll try to answer it to the best of our ability. So, Sheena, take it away. All right, we got a couple questions coming in from Philip Dunnett of our um, Chick Fil A fam. So. First question, he says, when's the Chick Foley figure line coming out? Uh, so the short answer on that one is Ask the Mad Reaper, our good friend there. So shout out to Lane, the best figure customizer in the game. Yeah. But if we if we if there is going to be a Chick Foley figure line, it's going to come from him. Yeah, I can't think of anybody I would rather do my custom figure than, than the Mad Reaper. That man is... To call him an artist is like, you know, selling him a little bit short. He's the, he's a freaking master of customizing. Yeah, um, definitely. But I was thinking about what I would want my custom figure to wear, like what what kind of gear I would want if I actually had my own action figure. So I think I would go hairstyle. I would go with the ponytail, like a la Becky WrestleMania, because I, I can't imagine wrestling with like my hair all in my face and everything. So I definitely want like a clean ponytail, maybe with a couple of braids for like my boho side, you know, and then I got I to gotta rock the, the Bret Hart look, you know, the tights freaking elbow pads with the singlet underneath like i feel like that would be my my signature look but to take it to give it that chick foley flair i would definitely need like a, a flannel to tie around my waist um i can't decide if, i mean if red and black my regular buffalo plaid would totally clash with the pink and black colorway that i love so i might just do like a pink and black style buffalo plaid uh flannel to tie around my to tie around my waist but that would be my my ring gear for my for my action figure Pretty sweet. I dig it. Marco, you got any thoughts on that? Oh man, I never actually thought about what my uh, what my action figure would look like. I'd probably uh, I I do like the um, I do like kind of like the Kevin Owens type of look with like the shorts, like the um, kind of like the basketball like the boxing short. shorts, ba- not basketball, maybe like boxing with like mm-hmm. the slit on the sides, maybe some like stylish type of like boxing shorts, um, and like the like kind of like the sweat resistance or the fit shirts uh, where you don't sweat through it. And all like the cutoff ones, kind of like I'm wearing now, because I love wearing those. Uh, so that'd probably be one of my things. Um, or you can just, you know what, just mock, just meet me after the uh, the Daniel Cormier figure. Same thing. <laughs> just give yeah, me the shorts, give me some gloves, but put boots on yeah. about going barefoot. So you don't, yeah, you don't want to go head, to street. Yeah, just, just if you want to make my trunk? figure, just take the head scope. I was gonna say you don't want to go to straight trunks. Yeah, Marco? no, I mean, no, no, either that or. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I could go Keith Lee and do like the tight, the tight trunks, like uh, like Keith Lee wears. I kind of so. like the tight, uh, the tight hot pants. You know what I mean? Like the little short, shorty shorts. Uh, yeah, I mean, but I have yeah. to definitely have to wear a shirt. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doing the whole it's, Keith Lee shirtless. It's big dude season, dude. Out and proud, dude. You know what I mean? No, no that, shame. That is true. I've been doing the, uh, I've been, I started the, uh, the ten rounds on uh, Beach Body, so we'll yeah. see, we'll see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> you got your little boxing on, dude. I'll have to do a workout with you. The next question coming in from Philip Dunnett. What is your favorite year in wrestling? And I'll toss this one over to Seth because I know he has a specific yeah, this answer is, for this. this is one that I, I feel very strongly. There's a singular 12-month period in wrestling that was the absolute greatest. It was better than it's ever been. That's going to be from November 96 to November 97. So for WWE, um, what that's going to give you is when Bret Hart came back at Survivor Series 96, you know, he hadn't wrestled since WrestleMania 12 um, when he lost, when he was robbed of the championship against Shawn Michaels in the Ironman match. 
comes back at Survivor Series 96, beats Stone Cold Steve Austin in a, in a technical classic. Also, the main event of that show had uh, Shawn Michaels losing the belt to Sid. You get an awesome storyline for a few months uh, with the belt bouncing around and just a bunch of other stuff happening in the background leading into WrestleMania 13, where we saw the best match in wrestling history when Brett and Steve Austin fought in their submission match. Uh, going, going into the summer, you got the formation of the New Heart Foundation with Brett, Owen, Bulldog, Anvil, and Pillman. Um, that was just red hot. You know, they were the biggest baby faces everywhere in the world and the biggest heels in America. Yeah. You still got the rise of Steve Austin happening and peak Shawn Michaels is happening at the same time. And oh yeah, the undertaker is the world champ. Um, it was, you know, you're starting to see the seas of the attitude era. It wasn't the full on attitude era yet, but WWE was definitely starting to get their edge, uh, to try to combat, uh, WCW in the ratings war. And then it finishes up with the, the screw job, you know, so survivor series 96 to 97, uh, that's it. You know, the screw job, obviously probably the most famous or infamous match in wrestling history. Um, the thing people forget is it was a badass match before that ending. You know, I thought Sean and Brett were having just a banger of a match, um, before the whole screw job went down. It's something that we still talk about to this day. Um, and then also WCW was still doing its thing. Sting was, was still sting. This was the month, you know, you notice I ended in November 97. So this is the month before, uh, the whole debacle of Starcade 97 when we saw, uh, you know, basically WCW really go off the rails and never recover. So, so that's mine. That's my favorite year in wrestling right there. Just for everything that's happening in WWE and WCW. Uh, Marco, you got any thoughts? Um, I'd probably have to agree with you on that. I'd probably just say like the whole year of 96, um, just, just from the beginning to the end, because uh, you see all the different uh, character development throughout the whole year, uh, you had um, you had Vader come in there. You had uh, you had the uh, the Ringmaster um, Steve Austin come into, and as, as as that year goes along, he obviously transforms into the into uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Um, you had Mankind come in. You had it, it, I I I equate that kind of like like you said, like kind of like the seeds are planted uh, for the Attitude Era, and I think if you watch from like the campiness of the beginning of 96 all the way towards the end of it. You just see like this, like huge transition, like right in the middle. Like it's like, like the first half of the year is kind of like, it's WWF. They're doing their normal thing. And then it just, it just changes once like, once um, uh, Razor leaves and once Diesel leaves uh, for WCW, it just, it just, you know, they just change. They just change the game when, when they went over to WCW, no question about that. But then you just, you see like WWF, try to get an identity of their own and it started to build different types of characters and stuff like that. And, um, I think that was like the turn, obviously that was a turning point for, for WWF and WCW at the time. So I would definitely agree, uh, 96 to 97, but I'll probably go further back just so you can see like the, the whole change from, uh, how WWF changed from the beginning of the year to the end of the year. Yeah. Great answer. Uh, you know, as much as people want to romanticize the Attitude Era, I really think it was that little period right before the Attitude Era really kicked off when yep. when wrestling was at its peak. I just, I loved it. So that's it for this week, guys. Um, if we didn't get to your question, uh, you know, we'll get to it. We're basically just going in order through the comments on that Facebook post. So so don't sweat it. We'll, we'll get to it in due time and uh, keep them coming. You know, if anything hot comes up, we'll definitely uh, move it up to the top of the queue and get that answered. So remember, you can find us at Chick Foley on Instagram, at Chick Foley Show on Twitter. The Patreon page is patreon.com slash Chick Foley Show. And uh, that's it. You know, listen, uh, make sure you guys are subscribing and leaving reviews. That definitely helps out the show and pushes us up 
uh, on iTunes and helps new people discover it and it'll help us continue to grow. So Marco, you got any closing thoughts for everyone? Yeah. Um, there's still room on the, uh, on the reins train. If anyone wants to uh, jump aboard, it's, it's taken yeah. off. Believe that. All right, guys. <laughs> we'll talk to you next week. This is Chick Foley show signing off.